Good evening and welcome back to the podcast that never ends or never seems to have a point. This is the babbling of a fairly uncontrolled mind. This is your mind for the next so many minutes. It's been a very, very interesting day. It started so strangely. Um, well, there's no way to get around this other than jumping right into it. I took my wedding ring off today. After absolutely no consideration, I just did. I just like, no, you know what? I've got to take it off. I've been feeling very confused lately and very um, stuck. I guess stuck would be a really good word. Even after um, the other day when I got the job offer and everything was looking like, hey, finally, everything is coming around the way it should be, the way I want it to be, the way I need it to be, I didn't feel right. It just did not feel comfortable. It felt wrong. Everything felt wrong. I felt very depressed. I was very moody. I was very upset. Everything was upsetting me so much. You know, Friday went through the whole day like I didn't want to engage with anything. I didn't want to engage with anybody. It was just hard. And Saturday was as bad. And went to bed Saturday night and we had a little bit of a storm blow through. And it woke me up because my tablet that's across the room from me turned itself on you know during the storm and I'm like that's weird it only does that when the power goes off because it was acting like I disconnected it from its charger so I'm like oh crap so I get up and light a candle thinking well okay power's out let's go see how long this is going to last. And sure enough, like as soon as I got the candle lit and everything and got my shoes on, the my overhead light in my room clicked back on because it's on a, it's on a, uh, it's on a, a Bluetooth, like, well, it's not Bluetooth, but it's like a Wi-Fi bulb. You've probably seen these. I've got one of those in my room. And it changes color, and it dims, and it does all that. And I can turn it off and on with my phone app. Well, since the power came back on, it immediately switched the light on because this, the power switch is in the on position. So I'm like, oh, okay. And I went downstairs and just to make sure everything was good. And it seemed like my side of the block was fine. The other side of the block was out. And then my... Oldest came upstairs and she asked if everything was okay. And I'm like, yeah and no, but yeah. So we talked for a few minutes and she had done a tarot reading on me uh, Saturday. She does tarot readings. I think she's pretty good at it. I don't know how she feels, but I think she's pretty good at it. And basically we both got the same opinion, even though we didn't talk about it at the time, about that reading that... I was stagnant. I was stuck. And that's how I felt already. So it was like, okay. So we talked for a few minutes about 
about it. And then, you know, I went back up to bed and, you know, turned everything off and went back to sleep. And I think I listened to a few YouTube videos, you know, like these AM, AMSR videos, if you've ever, ASMR, I don't know how, what they are. And uh, I ended up sleeping pretty much until 1.30 this afternoon. And that's when it hit me. It's like, you know what? Maybe today is the right time for this. So I took the ring off. And I set it on the bed next to my now naked left hand. And I took a picture of it and I sent it to the woman in Ohio. And asked her, what is your opinion on this? I value your opinion. And uh, we've been talking on and off about things all day. We talked about the ring. We talked about how she feels about things like that and how I feel about things. And I told her one of the reasons I took the ring off was, well, I told her later. I shouldn't say right away. I went downstairs and both both my oldest kids, well, all my kids were in the living room when I came downstairs. And I'm like, I have an announcement. And I held up my left hand. And my middle child immediately noticed. And she just kind of went, oh. And I held my hand out for my oldest who looked at me and was like, what? I'm like, look again. And she goes, oh. I'm like, I just made the decision to take it off. It doesn't feel like I'm betraying her because she's dead. I'm not going to forget her memory. I don't, it, that'll never happen. I'll never forget her. I mean, my gosh, I've known her since I was 17, 16 years old. Not going to forget, never. But it's time to move forward. And I I don't know if this makes any sense to anybody that's ever been in this position or if you're married and you're like, oh, I would never do that. That's fine. That's exactly what I thought, too. I thought I would never take it off, no matter what. But the rest of the day today, I felt lighter and I felt more in tune with myself. And as my kids told me, it's like, Dad, you have never experienced you before. And they're right. I had my first kind of relationship. <coughs> Cough button. My first real relationship was with my wife. I knew a few other girls. Nothing serious. Nothing ever really happened with them. But I had my wife and my life from the time I was 15, 16 years old until we broke up over some crap that other people had stirred up while I was stationed in California in the military and she was back here in the state that we currently live in. And she was told one thing by her set of friends. I was told another thing by my set of friends out there. And it, they, it seemed to be a coordinated attack. 
but we didn't know that at the time. I went from being in that relationship and by that night jumped into another relationship. And that relationship ended when I met somebody else and I jumped into another relationship. There's a name for people like me and I'm not going to not going to bother you with calling myself a man whore. Um, but yeah, I literally, the, the third relationship moved back here from my duty state, my military state that I lived in back here to my home state with me and it didn't work. But what I discovered was while I was trying to make it work, I was falling in love with my wife again. I There were too many un, unfinished, it was too much unfinished business with us. So I went to her. I knew where she was living. I knew very well. And I knocked on that door. And her then stepfather answered and... I asked for her, and he goes, oh, hold on a minute. And then her mother came to the door and recognized me and said, what are you doing here? I'm like, I want to talk to, I want to, talk to her. And she came out, and I'm like, can we talk? And she goes, sure, we can talk, yes. And we went for a walk, and we walked around her neighborhood for about a half an hour while I explained to her that I planned on getting married to this one, this other woman and everything, but I felt like, it didn't feel right to me. The relationship that I was in did not feel right. And I asked my first real girlfriend, it's like, what would it take for you to go back out with me again? And her answer was really simple. She's like, well, first of all, you have a fiance too many. Two weeks later, that was over. And... Four weeks later, I asked her to go to an opening day baseball game, which she explained to me she was already going to. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, but I'm also going to the other, you know, I'm also going to this. I'm going to the opening game, and then I'm doing this. Would you like to come with me? So we met, and we went to the baseball game, and then we left the baseball game, and we went to do the other thing. And... Yeah, it just kind of kept going from there. Our relationship reblossomed. The it all sounds great, and you know this would be all part of the anniversary show if I'd taken the time to, you know, add this to the anniversary show. However, I'm not a perfect person. My wife was not a perfect person. She had many problems. She had a mother that was so demanding over her. It drove her into believing that she was never going to be good enough for anybody. And I could see through all that. I could look at her. I knew how much I loved her and I knew how much I cared and I would do anything for her there were things she couldn't do for herself. 
my wife was an alcoholic. She was a bad alcoholic. So bad that it eventually killed her alcoholic. And I tried for years to get her to stop drinking. And she wouldn't. And I think I'm finally coming to the term to the terms with why. Because she was a broken person. But at the same time, she thought she was the only person that could help her. She tried therapy. She tried all sorts of things. And she was strong. She was a very strong woman. When she decided to do something, it was like, forget about it. No, Nobody could talk her out of it. Nobody could convince her differently. She'd made her decision, and that's it. She's that kind of person. She had a gastric bypass after our third child was born because she was she was very overweight and she didn't want to be. She wanted to be around for her children. She was afraid that the weight would kill her. Well, she was right about one thing. Something did kill her. And it was it was her ability to look at everybody in the world and figure out what their problems were and tell them what their problems were and help them and want to help them conquer their issues. But she could never turn that on herself. She thought she was too broken. She thought she was too far gone, even for me. Because I begged her over the years to stop drinking. I begged her so much. I also enabled her. She'd ask me to buy her a box of wine. I'd be like, I don't want to, but I would. Eventually, after moving out here to the palatial radio ranch, she looked at me one day after being out of the hospital and being out of the physical rehab to get herself at least moving again. And we went away to a Renaissance fair for the, day, for the day. She loved the Renaissance fair. And of course, she she started drinking at the Renaissance fair. Not as heavily as she normally would, but she did. And I think she felt embarrassed over the fact that she couldn't walk up that hill to where she loved to be. That my youngest my son and I had to push her in a wheelchair up that hill because she couldn't walk it with a walker. We had to get a wheelchair and push her. And then when it was time to leave, we had to bring her down off that hill in the wheelchair and bring her to the car and get her in the car and then bring the wheelchair back. I think it was that day that it finally hit her. That the damage she was doing to herself wasn't just to herself. That she was damaging everybody around her that she supposedly wanted to live for. So, a couple days after the Renaissance Fair, we're sitting together on the couch and she looked at me and said, Hey, I want to ask you something. I'm like, sure, what? She goes, have you noticed? I'm like, notice what? 
And she said, I haven't had a drink since the Renaissance Fair. I'm like, you know, you know what, honey? I didn't notice. I'm sorry, but I'm very proud of you. I'm very happy. And she goes, I just decided that I've had enough. That's it. And like I said, when she decided that was it, that was it. So I believed her completely and wholeheartedly, even though she'd been through, you know, been through a rehab clinic, outpatient clinic, trying to get herself off alcohol. And all she would do is help everybody else in the clinic with their problems and then never come back around and try to do anything for herself. I'm not proud to say this, but there were lots of times I would pick her up from her rehab, which was in the mornings, and we'd go out for lunch, and she would drink at lunch, and I'd watch her. She just left outpatient rehab, and she's out drinking. This is the person that couldn't stop at, the, at that point. She just couldn't. Not the person after the Renaissance Fair that told me that she was done. That's why I knew she was done. Because she was making the effort and she was telling me. She was telling me that she was doing it. Rather than just going to the rehab and like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then, hey, can I have a beer? Or can I have a wine? So when she told me that she had stopped drinking... I believed her. And that might have been the end of it right there, but two days later she got so sick that we had to run her back to the hospital. And after consulting with all her doctors and everything, it was end-stage liver failure. She needed a transplant, but she was too sick to get one. She was literally too sick to survive the transplant. And uh, she had to have a feeding tube for a while because she couldn't eat properly. And then some crazy doctor convinced her, oh, if I put this kind of tube in you, it'll really help us with the nutrition. And I wanted to go the other way with a nutritionist who was going to, you know, work on getting her the right foods and the right intake without being fed in, fed through a tube. My wife chose the tube. She called me and told me she cho chose it, even though because of the liver failure and everything, she was not in the, her proper headspace, you know? I had medical power of attorney. I could have rejected it. I could have said no, and I could have looked at the doctor and waved my medical power of attorney in front of him and said, she is not in her right state of mind. I'm invoking this. You are not doing the surgery. But I didn't. I didn't do it. Because I trusted my wife. Despite the fact that I didn't think she was quite in her right headspace. She convinced me she was. I shouldn't have listened. I should have fought it. Because that tube became infected and she started a mass infection throughout her intestinal 
tract and the outside of her intestines through around her stomach and that eventually became several different infections that they couldn't treat. We ended up having to go to a university level hospital where they tried. They tried for two weeks to treat her until they finally said, we can't do anything more for her. There's nothing we can do to stop this. I remember that day so clearly because they said, well, we want to meet on a, on Saturday when you're up here because, of course, I had to work and she's at the university hundreds of miles, a hundred some odd miles away and I can't be there every day. So I'd go up on my weekends and stay there with her over the weekends and talk with her and sometimes she wouldn't even regain consciousness, but I was there. Well, they asked me to come up that Saturday to talk with their extended care people. Comprehensive care, something that they had a name for and I don't even remember anymore. So I invited everybody that was important to us, our best friends, our children, my sister and brother-in-law were all in that room when this, this compassionate, comprehensive, whatever care doctors came in and explained that she was going to die, no matter what we did, no matter what they did. It was irreversible and she was going to die. And then they left the choice to me. And I ran that room like a goddamn CEO in a boardroom. I went around the room and I got everybody's opinion on what they thought was right and what they thought she would want. And what she would ask for. And it was decided that she would not want to be just kept alive with massive, mass doses of medication and slowly dying in a hospital. So we went to her room. I had to like gown up and mask up and this is before COVID. So that tells you how sick she was. I went in the room and I leaned into her and I woke her up and I told her what the doctors had told me. That her time was running short that she was going to die I told her that I'm like you're you are going to die and she woke up with all the fortitude she had and said I want to go home Now, my wife wasn't perfect in any regard, like I said earlier. But I took my marching orders that moment. And I'm like, okay, you're going home then. That's where you want to be. That's where you're going to be. Back in the home here at the Radio Ranch. The house that we bought together after I retired from my job in the city. 
And within 24 hours, I had her. No, a little over 24 hours, I had her all set up with hospice care. They brought a hospital bed in. My friends came back here to the radio ranch, left me at the, at the hospital. They cleared our dining room of everything. The table, the chairs, everything. So they could put a hospital bed in there for her. And the hospice brought in the hospital bed and everything else. Monday night, she came home. Wednesday morning, she died. My life revolved around her. My wife lived life on her terms. I don't know if she'd want me to mourn her anymore, but I will. I don't know if she'd want me to take off the wedding ring, but I did. But I know she'd want one thing. She'd want me to move forward. It's a choice I've made to take off that ring today. The choice of moving forward has always been mine, and it's always been something I've been trying to do. Like I said, I felt lighter and more in tune with myself since I took it off. So before I started this podcast, I went over to the dresser drawers that she used to use, which are now just over, overflow from my crap. But inside there is a package that I created that held all her rings, her wedding band, her engagement rings. She had two. Um, and a few other rings that we bought. One when she lost 100 pounds of weight from her gastric bypass. One when she lost 200 pounds from her gastric bypass. They're all in the satchel. And today I added one more ring. And I folded it all back up. And I put it back in the drawer and closed the drawer. Right before I started this podcast. And for now that's where it's going to stay. Because I have to move forward, right? That's what I keep saying. This is another step for me. Whether you think it's right or not. And tell me please if you think it was right or not. Let me know how you feel. But I will tell you this, despite what you may or may not think, and whatever you may or may not tell me, it hasn't changed my choice, because it is my choice. Like it was her choice to drink. Like it was her choice to stop. Like it was her choice to come home. These are my choices now, and I have to move forward with them. I think that's enough for one day. I want to thank each and every person that does listen to this for listening. 
and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.